David Oyelowo stars as America's legendary lawman in the new Paramount Plus original series, Lawman Bass Reeves. The new original series from executive producers Taylor Sheridan and David Oyelowo is based on the true story of Bass Reeves. Witness his journey as he becomes one of the first black U.S. deputy marshals west of the Mississippi. Stream Lawman Bass Reeves now exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I'm Oprah Winfrey. Welcome to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is time. Taking time to be more fully present. Your journey to become more inspired and connected to the deeper world around us starts right now. Nicole Avant is an activist, a filmmaker, a diplomat, and what many in Hollywood call Black royalty. Nicole was raised in Beverly Hills, the daughter of legendary music executive Clarence Avant, who was known as the Black Godfather, and philanthropist Jacqueline Avant. Nicole grew up surrounded by some of the most notable luminaries of our time, Muhammad Ali, Quincy Jones, Whitney Houston, Sidney Poitier, and so many more were all going in and out of her house all of the time. She went on to become a powerhouse political fundraiser and the first black woman to serve as U.S. ambassador to the Bahamas under former President Barack Obama. In 2009, Nicole married Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandis. Her life seemed like a fairy tale until the unthinkable happened on December 1st, 2021. Her mother's violent murder rocked the entertainment world, devastating Nicole's family. Tonight, an uplifting conversation with Nicole Avant that has stayed with me ever since. Her new memoir is called Think You'll Be Happy, Moving Through Grief with Grit, Grace, and Gratitude. She courageously shares the events leading up to that tragic night. He got in on the side of the house, got into the backyard, broke a a sliding glass door. Her father's recent passing. I said, I'm not leaving your side. And how her grief journey, rooted in faith, can serve as a roadmap for so many others. We must always choose the joy, choose to swim, choose to not go down with the ship. Choose the joy, honey. Choose the joy. I'm so happy you were able to talk to me because, you know, when I started reading Think You'll Be Happy, which is based on the story of your life, but so much of it is about your parents, your growing up. You know what I, I... You are black royalty. You were the first black royalty in a way that I think maybe only you have come to appreciate as you have had some perspective about it, correct? Yes, absolutely. Can you share with the people, I mean, we all saw The Black Godfather Mm -hmm. produced by you uh, on Netflix and everybody understands who your father was. I think a number of people understand who mother was, but not many people actually know the daughter of and what right. that has meant in your life. I didn't realize, as you said, I didn't realize when I was younger what I was born into, mm-hmm. what was being passed on to me, what legacy would fall into my lap yeah, and what I would have to carry yeah. and what I should be carrying. Yes. And my mother was all about legacy. My mother was saying, do you understand that... 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 100 years ago, this didn't exist. Your life as it is right now did not exist for me or your father or his mother 
or my mother. And she would go on and on. And she would remind me of the importance of you, you have to honor your ancestors. You have to honor the people who got you to where you are. You can never forget how you got here. So yours was a family where black history was real. It wasn't just something oh. in the books. Oh, no. It was living and it, thriving and oh. black people of merit, of fame, of grandeur, yes. of prominence were constantly yes. in and out of your house. In and out of the house. And for a while, you know, I knew they were famous, but I never looked at them as, oh, famous people are coming to my house. It was just my parents' Not friends. Not even Sidney Poitier. <laughs> Come on. Even, I mean... A little bit, but it was really, they were such activists in their own way. They were mm -hmm. so, they were all ministering mm -hmm. in their own way. Mm -hmm. They were all doing something for the greater good. They were talking about how do we move our people forward? How do we continue to open doors? Who do you know in production? Who do you know who's a director? Who can get, you know, who can help Stan Lathan do this? Everybody was looking out for each other, which I loved. So your father, Clarence Avant, otherwise known as the Black Godfather, as I was just yes. saying. And if you all haven't seen the documentary on Netflix, you should. It's one of those yeah. things I think every American should see. Yeah. Uh, can you share the essence of his own story before he became one of the most powerful men in music? You know, my father and I were talking about this maybe six months ago, and he said, you know, I've always gone from a tragedy to a triumph, tragedy Triumph, mm -hmm. always tragedy. Tri I said, what do you mean? He said, every time I think back in my life and sometimes we didn't have enough food. Sometimes I didn't have a place to lay my head. Sometimes my mother was working for so many families that I was bounced to this auntie or bounced to my grandmother or bounced to a cousin. So he never really felt nurtured or supported or safe even until really my mother came into his life. But he is, Clarence is, a, is probably the strongest soul I have ever come across in my life. I've never seen anybody like him. Seriously, he he moved through every trial and they weren't easy and but he always had the attitude that you have to get up and you have to keep going all the time no matter what. And he didn't hold grudges what I loved. I kept asking him, "What about so and so?" He's like, "You know, I just let it go. It doesn't matter." Well, one of the things that makes uh, makes it impressive what you've written about both your mother and your father is that even though you grew up in a house where Hank Aaron and Muhammad Ali and Whitney Houston yeah. and Bill Clinton and Sidney Poitier, yeah. countless other powerful people yes. are in and out of the house all yes. of the time, that he kept his own story alive. Yes. And it wasn't, I'm going to protect you, even though you were a princess in yes. your own way. Yes. It's not like I'm going to shelter you from no. the reality of what no. it means to be alive. alive. Yes and black and alive yes. in America. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. No, it's, this is, this is your arena. That's what you used to say. Girl, you're running your race. You're in the arena. What arena? The arena of life. Mm. This is your arena. And what you do and what I do in mine is going to be very different than what you do in yours. Yeah. And my mother's point was, and I'll be damned if you're going to walk in as some spoiled, entitled brat. I'm not having that. And tell us about her. I mean, I, I met her <laughs> after she was Jackie Avon. Okay. <laughs> she introduced me to art. I yes, mean, she yes. yes, she brought yes. art into my life. And she was just the most elegant. elegant. And I love that about her. I love that she was fancy and mm -hmm. dressed up. I mm -hmm. love that she, she loved art. She loved literature. She loved reading. She loved poetry. 
She was a writer herself. She dreamt of being a, an editor. She wanted to be a newspaper editor. Then she wanted to be a book editor. I mean, she had these big dreams that just never really were fulfilled in the way she wanted them to be. Yes. But then it gave her the energy and the intention to to do that for other people. And you said that by this time you were six that your mom had instilled a superpower in yeah. you. What was yeah. it? My superpower was my faith. I mean, she gave me she gave me my faith and my individuality, but she the superpower she gave me was if once you know who you really are and where you come from. Mm-hmm. You know, she always was eternal, eternally based thinking like she thought from an eternal space and for for me it was you must be the best version of you, but there is only one you. There, you must own your individuality and you must find that. I think that's so incredible, particularly yeah. for her time too. Very. She felt that she didn't get to own her individuality at times. I think she reinvented herself in different ways, but never really got to move through the world in the way that she really wanted to, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't think she regretted getting married or having children, but I think she thought... That's why she was always so hard on me in a good way of, please, we've opened these doors for you. Please walk through this door and do something, Nicole. I think of other African-American royalty families. I think of the King family, and I think of when you're, and I've interviewed you know, members of that children mm-hmm. in that family, how hard it is when your father is, or you come from yes. this legacy of. Yes. You come from this legacy of the Black yes. Godfather who knew everybody, who did everything. And how does one find your identity of the who you want to be inside all of that when your mother is this and your right. father is that? And how, how does that shape you? I was shape you? very fortunate that both my mother and father constantly told us, you find your own rhythm. They put us in everything so mm-hmm. that we would find out what mm-hmm. we like. Mm-hmm. But they never gave us any pressure to be anything like them. They actually said, if you want to go be a teacher, you want to be a professor, you want to be a professional athlete, you want to be a writer, whatever is in your heart that you want to do. Yeah. So there wasn't a thing you had to live never, up to. Never, okay. never. Okay. Alex and I never had that. Executive producer and Emmy Award nominee David Oyelowo, Emmy Award nominee Dennis Quaid, and Emmy Award winner Donald Sutherland star in the new Paramount Plus original series, Lawman, Bass Reeves. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, the co-creator of Yellowstone, the original series shines a light on the untold story of America's most legendary lawman. Follow Bass Reeves' journey and rise to becoming one of the first black U.S. deputy marshals west of the Mississippi. Despite arresting over 3,000 outlaws during the course of his career, the weight of the badge was heavy, and he wrestled with its moral and spiritual cost to his beloved family. Don't miss David Oyelowo as Bass Reeves in the new original series, Lawman, Bass Reeves, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You know, I was surprised when I heard that you were writing this book because I wasn't sure that you would be ready, ready to write this book. Yeah. And we're going to talk about your mother and how she came to leave this earth. The thing about it is I remember calling you after hearing about the, yeah. the, the actual, how do you describe it? I, I, yeah. I, I, your mother was murdered. murdered. So are you comfortable using yes. the word murder? Yeah. Okay. 
So after your mother was murdered, I was so shaken by that. Yeah. That I remember calling you the next day and I called you <laughs> crying. <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe this, Nicole. This is so terrible. I don't know. And you said, girl, I'm over here standing in my faith. I sure did. I remember that. And by the time I got off the phone with you, I had dried my tears. I called Gail. I said, look, Nicole is going to be okay. Nicole is okay. Nicole, tried, Nicole helped me. Nicole helped me. It's the only thing I knew how to do. I, I just stood there frozen. And I said, oh, I guess this faith stuff is really real. This is what I need to call on it. And I stood there. And I did feel as if it was quicksand. I felt that I was going under fast mm -hmm. and my head was spinning. And I thought, no, 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 I'm going to stand strong. I'm going to stand strong in my faith. I'm going to call on the divine. I'm going to call on an energy that's higher than mine, that's smarter than mine. And I asked for it to hold me mm. and protect me. So and were you planning on writing a book before your mother I was. was murdered? And then you just decided to go ahead? And, I actually and was direction? writing a book. After I did The Black Godfather, okay. I was approached by a publisher mm -hmm. and she said, you know, you have a book in here. Let's think of the themes that were in The Black Godfather. And yeah. I said, okay. And then I came up with grit. They all had grit. Mm -hmm. They all had grace, grace and they and all had gratitude. gratitude. Yes. So those were the themes. And then I was writing and nothing was really sticking. And then this horrible thing happened to my mom and I called Harper One and I said, I don't, how am I going to put out a book? grit, grace, and gratitude after this terrible thing has happened. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, and I'm looking at this last text my mother sent me. And I said, and she asked, she told me to be happy. She said, okay, think you'll be happy. And when I said that, everybody oh. on the Zoom went, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. what was whoa, it? Whoa. And I said, her last text to me was, okay, think you'll be happy. And right there, they said, that's the title of the book. That's wow. the title of the book. So what was she texting you about? <laughs> the sweet potato pie. She was... I love it. It was a sweet potato <laughs> sweet pie. sweet potato pie. I love it. And my mom, the last Thanksgiving I had with her, which was the last time I saw her, she was so particular that about what I wanted for dessert. What am I bringing? I said, Mommy, we have plenty of desserts. Just bring yourself, bring a bottle of wine. No, no, no. I'm bringing a dessert. I said, okay, sweet potato pie. That's what I'd like. Okay, so she brings one. We have a million other desserts, as we all do. My father took leftovers home and packed the sweet potato pie that my mother had, had brought, brought for to me. you. Okay. So it ended up back at her house. And I'm telling you, Oprah, from that moment, she called me every day about the sweet potato pie. So her last text to me that night was, Nicole, your sweet potato pie is waiting for you. And truth be told, I was typing her back and I was being a little sarcastic. I was like, oh, mom, you and this sweet potato pie. And I thought it was funny, but it was a little sarcasm. And hand to God, I felt the Holy Spirit say, do not send that text. Don't send that text. Don't say that. She's not going to think it's funny. And so delete, delete, delete. And then I said, oh, hi, mom. And I softened it and I put her favorite emoji. She loved the little happy face with the three hearts. She loved that emoji. <laughs> made her very happy. And she wrote right back and I was running a bath and she said, okay, think you'll be happy. That was it. I was going to go by the house in nine hours. I was going to go see her. And get that sweet potato pie. And get pie. the sweet potato pie. Yeah. And instead, set the scene for us. You're home yeah. and alone in bed on a Tuesday night mm -hmm. in December, right after the Thanksgiving holiday. Yes. 
How did this unfold for you? I had, I was, I guess I, subconsciously, I just woke up because I had my phone off or on vibrate and I couldn't yeah. hear anything. And my brother, I noticed, I just happened to look at the phone and I had seen so many missed calls from my brother, Alex. And I thought, what? what is, and I didn't even look at the time. And then as I'm getting up to call him, the phone rings and it's Ted. And thank God he was in town. He was on a work retreat, but not far away. Mm -hmm. And he said, Nicole, I said, what is going on? Why is Alex calling? What is going on? He said, Nicole, you have to get up. And he was very calm. He said, Because what time of morning is this or day? 2, 2.30 okay. in the morning or something like that. He said, uh, Nicole, you have to get up and you have to get to Cedar sinai You have to get to the hospital. I go, what? what do you, what's wrong? I thought it was, what? He goes, your mother has been shot. And I, not knowing what time, I go, what, what are you talking about? Wait, where were they? Were they out? What? What? Yes. what do you mean she's been shot? Where was she? What? He goes, Nicole, I have no details. Get to the hospital. And I got in my car and I drove and I drove down 6th Street and I just started talking to her. I said, Mom, I don't, I don't even understand what this means. I don't know how you've been shot, why you've been shot, where you've been shot. But I'm coming. I'm, I'm on my way. And I don't know how bad it is, but, you know, if it's too much, you don't have to stay. I don't know what's happening. I just don't know what's happening. You wrote on page 184, Nicole, when I found out that someone had shot my mom, one of my first thoughts was, oh, God, please don't let me hate this man. Give me the strength to not hate him. And I read that and I said, you're a different kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I found this to be... I, I was incredulous reading this because the thought that you you are so faith-centered that you would immediately go to, God, please don't let me hate the man that shot my mother. I knew the hatred would consume me. Were I you mean, surprised by this thought? Yes. You were surprised I by this? I was surprised. Okay. It just came to me and I thought, okay, I'm going to go with this thought. It's it's It was so, honestly, it felt as if a house had mm -hmm. landed on me. Everything was just heavy and it was dark, energetically dark. This act of violence, this act of cruelty upon someone like Jackie, um, I just thought I, I can't hate this man because I can't, I can't have my life consumed. Wow. Because by, by, I was so, I was furious. I mean, Fury was coming through my body. I said to someone yesterday, I didn't know I had veins where I had them. They were <laughs> popping out yeah. everywhere. I was furious. Because at the time, you only knew that she'd been shot. You yes. didn't know who or I didn't where, know what who, the circumstances were. I knew were. nothing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's first, yes. Was she alive when you got to the hospital? Thank still? God, yes. Did you get to say goodbye? No. 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 I never got to see her. So the last time I saw her was on Thanksgiving. Mm. I never saw her again. Mm. So we didn't get to go in the room. I mean, I think it was uh, obviously very messy. And mm -hmm. the police officer there who rode with her, God bless him, he said, you know, I've seen this happen, uh, unfortunately, in my line of work. And I've seen this happen to very young people. And they're out. It was your mom is a very, very strong woman because she made it here. She was alive. She was breathing. You know, she wants, she loved being alive. Mm -hmm. My mom loved being alive. Mm. When he told me that, it was actually a really good blessing that he gave me. It was, a, it was a beautiful kind of healing balm that it was something that I was able to get into the car 
when we were driving home and I was just thinking to myself, and the words, your mother was very strong. Mm. It, it helped me a lot. You left the hospital and walked to your car. You were repeating this prayer that I am strong. Oh, I'm in- strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I said it a thousand times. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might over and over and over again because I really felt like a house was on top of me and I could not... I couldn't even think of how am I gonna how am I gonna function? I kept asking myself that. How are you gonna function? When the doctors came in and told us, I remember clearly Alex was at the end. Alex, your brother. My brother. Mm -hmm. Alex was sitting at the end, his girlfriend, my father, me, and Ted. And the doctor says, you know, she I'm sorry to let you know that she did not pull through. And he wasn't really saying it. Finally, Ted said, Can you please tell us? Can you please say? Is she alive? Did she make it? And he said, I'm sorry, she is not here. She did not make it. Alex wailed. I mean, wailed. You said wailed like a pierced beast. It was, I mean, the pitch, the sounded like primal. Yes. And my father slumped over to me, just fell onto my shoulder. And Ted said, I sat up straight like an arrow, just sat up. And all of a sudden, I do remember saying, okay, hold on. Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. Eris, please take Alex out of the room. Make sure he's okay. Because it was so primal that my father, I was just so, I'm looking at my father. I was like, he's two months shy of 91 years old. And he didn't, could not comprehend. How could he? And then as I was walking to the car, I felt my body start wow. shaking in a way that I felt that my knees were going to buckle. And it was dark. And I remember clicking, I remember clicking to open the car door and I almost didn't want to open the door. For some reason, I thought if I open the door, that means it's really real, that I'm driving away mm-hmm. from the and space. And this happened. The, yeah, and this happened. This so I happened. paused. Wow. I, I heard the beep beep and then I paused to open the door. Yeah. What you're describing, I know, I could just feel in the moment that you said that so many people who are watching us now hearing this and will read your book have been in that moment yeah. where you want it you want it to be a dream you want it to yes. be something oh god yes. you don't want to have to go on from no. this moment and if no. you do you're like well i haven't i didn't wake up yet so i think this right. is still happening yes 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 that's exactly it yeah that's what i felt in the book yes, the way you that's described exactly, it that's exactly the way i felt yes yeah. but i am strong in the lord and in the, the power, power of his, his might, might. Did that come to you because that is a regular, that's where you go in yes. times of crisis? There's your, yes. yes. It, it's interesting. My grandmother used to say, I used it for everything. If I was afraid of a new situation or a new job or any time I felt afraid, my grandmother would say, you have to call upon a strength that's that's out of this world, that, that's, mm. that's from the divine. Yes. It's much stronger and it's much more powerful. And if you tap into that energy, yes. it will carry you through whatever situation. Because you need something higher you than you. You have to have something yeah. higher than you. So for me you. it is, Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Ooh, yes. But you need something you have that's to. bigger than you. I have to. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, I called the next day and you were... When, by the time I called, you'd been enveloped with an avalanche of yes. love and support from family, from yes. friends. And you say that this community of care, as yes. you called it, 
reinvigorated you? What yes. did that teach you? It taught me that we are so much more than we think we are. The compassion that showed up for me through phone calls, through texts, through letters. People through showing up at your door. People showing up at my when door. Paltrow came my, to your house. She, she looked at me and she said, I need you to really look at me. And she held my hands and she said, do you understand what has happened? And I said, yes, yes. She goes, Nicole, your mother was murdered. Do you understand this? And when she said the words, I remember my back just, I was like, oh, yes. She said, this is heavy. I mean, this is real. And I'm here. And we're going to be here for you. And I don't know how we're going to walk through this, but I'm going to be by your side. Mm -hmm. And everybody showed up. Yeah. I was going to say, when I read it, I was thinking, you know, so often when terrible things happen, especially something like, your mother, Jackie Avant, being murdered, who made national news, yeah. and people don't know what to do or what no, to say. What to say. What to say. But what I got from, think you'll be happy, mm -hmm. is that just show up. Show up. Show up. Just show, just show up. up. Yeah. It's just somebody saying, I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Yes, yeah. you did yeah. that for me. Yeah. Gail did that for everybody. I yeah. mean, people who called and they were saying, and I love when people said, I really don't know what to say in this moment. I don't know the right words, mm -hmm. but I want you to know that I love you mm -hmm. and I'm here for you. When it was reported, I don't know if you even heard that it was reported, that the man who shot your mother laughed and bragged about it afterwards, was talking about all the publicity that he was getting from it. How have you processed your feelings about him now? Have those feelings evolved? I didn't evolved? actually know that. Yeah. Um, I had a good friend call me and say, don't Google don't look at his face. Don't look at anything. Just yeah. don't look at the name. Don't look at anything. Yeah. And I, every time it's creeped in, I've pushed it back. I'll tell you the hardest thing for me, and this is a part of trauma that I yeah. never knew. Even though I wasn't there, I replayed for at least nine months what had happened, the incident. It was so strange. So tell us what happened, because there are people so, who don't So, so... He showed up at the house. He was on the opposite side of actually where they were sleeping. So he did not break in near their bedrooms or anything like that, but he got in on the side of the house, you know, got into the backyard, broke a window and a, a sliding glass door, and which was next to the kitchen where my mom was usually up at 3, sometimes 2.33 in the morning. They had a very brief encounter apparently, and she was running towards the front door to run out and he had a rifle and, you know, when you have a rifle and you shoot around, you know, one bullet doesn't come out, a yeah. bunch of bullets. Yeah. And one pierced through her back. She was down, but she was able to open the door and, and you know, at that point, then I hadn't read everything else, but all I know is that my dad, he said something got him up because he was, he's a very sound sleeper. I yeah. could drop a stack of books, he doesn't yeah. wake up. But my mom, you could drop a feather and she'd wake up. And my father... God bless his soul, said he walked down the hall and it was quiet, but he felt a breeze and he didn't understand where the breeze was coming from because he had broken in yes. to that. So he had walked by and then he said, and your mom was just laying there. He said, I remember a lot of blood and she was breathing heavily. He said, but she was deterring because she was very jacky. You know, she's breathing heavily, like I'm yes. going to get through this. And then the next thing he remembers was being in the uh, 
he left the driveway and went to the street mm-hmm. and was being questioned. And what I loved is when I when I got to the hospital, I had seen um, I had seen these slippers, slippers on him. In the neighbor. And he said, "Oh, oh, I didn't have anything on, barely. I was barely dressed. I had a t-shirt on and." I had some socks. He said it was freezing. It was freezing. Yeah. And thank God our neighbors came out and they, they, she gave him a sweatshirt and then she ran out and the police were saying, everybody get back into your houses. Mm-hmm. And she was determined. But again, a, a person determined with kindness. Gave him slippers. Gave him slippers. I love that and story. And that, that, again, it is the random acts of kindness of other people mm-hmm. not thinking about themselves, but fulfilling a need of the moment. So you were saying you played this over and over I played and over this in your head. scenario for nine months. I, it's almost, it was a crazy thing to say, but it's true. It didn't give me nightmares, but every night before I went to sleep, my brain would replay it and then I'd fall asleep. But I had to be there and go through it every single night. And then finally one day I said, you have to take this from me. Because I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm not thinking about this anymore. You, I don't know what is going on, but I know no doctor could take this away. I don't want pills yeah. to take this away. I something you. I don't want to think about this before I go to sleep. About a week later, it's no more. Wow. No more. But nine months was a long time. Yes. Well, you know, one of the things that recurs over and over in your book is uh, this theme of forgiveness. Yeah. And. I wonder, you know, how that has changed you. You quote Micah from the Bible when you talk about it. You yeah. says he does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. And I, you know, I read this Nicole and I say, Nicole, <laughs> it's, you a different kind of woman. Because I think it's really difficult it's to go straight difficult. to mercy when it's, your mother shot in cold blood in her own it home. It was the hardest thing. And there were definitely days where I stepped out of the mercy of the, the even intention of forgiving. And I intended said, oh, you know, somebody's going to call you. And so it was a restricted number. And I thought it was, I go, hello. And he says, is this Nicole? I'm like, yes, who is this? And he said, this is Bishop T.D. Jakes. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm on the floor. I'm on my knees. He goes, oh, well, then good. Let's pray. And he covered me with such wisdom and grace and strength. He said, you know, how are you feeling? And that's like, well, I'm obviously angry and I'm, you know, furious and all these things. And he said, okay. Are you going to focus on those feelings or can we focus on the 81 years that your mother lived? Can we focus on her life and her service yeah. and her devotion and her dedication? Can we focus on that? And I'm telling you, Oprah, my energy started to shift. Yeah. I actually stood up. I remember walking over to the bed and I sat on the bed. I said, okay. Okay, he goes, every time you go there, every time you want to go into that pit of hell, you've got to think of Jackie. You've got to think of loving her life, honoring her life. I love what you write here on page 95. You say, I knew after my mother's death that I was supposed to be in the fetal position, wailing and gnashing my teeth. And there were times that happened for sure. Don't get me wrong. That was all anyone was expecting of me then. And because I wasn't doing those things, I could sense questions. Why are you not more devastated? 
Why are you able to get up and do things? I would always have to explain, I am grieving. I am just moving through it. And so what I think, think you will be happy does is allow people to, what you've done in telling your story is allowed other people to be able to grieve the way they need to. Because I think we all have these Everybody, judgments about what yes, it needs to look like yes. and how long it's supposed to be. And how long be. it's supposed to yes. be. How are you supposed to know? Look, I, I'm still grieving. I'm in repair. I might be in repair for the rest of my life. You know, mm. I, I, my heart was ripped apart. I have had stitches. There's a scar. But I'm still, you could, you can, I'm a very happy person and I can also grieve at the same time. I'm a very positive person and I could also be sad. I am, you know, a problem solver and I can also feel broken. Mm. You don't have to be. And both can be true. Both can be true at the same time. The man that killed your mother was sentenced to 190 years yeah. to life in prison. And you write on page 59, ironically, the man who killed my mother was the very kind of person she was working to help. That doesn't negate what she was doing. In fact, it makes her efforts that much more powerful and important because my mother's helpful deeds were done without the thought of where they would lead. They weren't deeds done with some reward in mind. They were done selflessly and through love. That they were so cruelly betrayed and the cosmic scheme of things isn't the point. The ending doesn't negate the beginning and the middle. Sister, sister, Avon, (laughs) how do you reconcile those two opposing energies? That's the thing. You know what? Throughout scripture, that's all we read in any scripture is opposing energies. It's Star Wars, opposing energies. Everything is, you're right, it's, it's life is filled with the, the other side of whatever you're looking at. Yes. There's the other side of it. And you know what? They're never going away. We all want them to go away. They're never going away. You will have the opposite. You will just, it's part of life. And so this is, can you help us and everybody who's listening and watching us now? Because so many people, I can't even say I would be as wizened, as evolved and prayerful as I am. I don't know if I would be able to do the thing that you did. It's just like, now he's in jail. I'm no longer going to think about him. I'm not going to be trying to figure out what and why and all that. How were you able to let day. How were you able to let that go? Because it was every day. I had to say it every day. Okay. It was almost as if I had a filthy washcloth uh-huh. that was dipped in tar. And every day I was washing it. Every single day I'd go under and start washing it again because it was a daily practice, believe me. Uh, every time he even came across my mind, that he is not mine to deal with. I I can't even go into it because I wow. really was so afraid of what it would do to me. To to go into that space. Yes, to go into that space so and, and to bring, if I went into his energy and his space and tried to figure it out and tried to, what happened and this and that, then I would not show up for my father as the daughter that he needed wow. in that moment. And I was not going to give this fool anything. Your Are power. you not going to take anything away from me. 
anymore. You've already took away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. taken away oh, something. Oh, that is very powerful. And I, you're not going to take it from my dad. You're not going to take it from me. No more. Just mm. no more. Mm. I'm not giving that to you. Mm. And where was the lovely Ted Sarandos in oh, all this for you? Your husband. the best. I know in the acknowledgments, you acknowledge him yeah. as your dearest best friend. He and- is just, hey, Teddy was the rock that I absolutely needed. He was the friend I needed. He was the husband I needed. He was gentle mm. with me. He was very gentle because he didn't know what was coming. I mean, there were some days where the things that came out of me, it was just the rage and the things that I would say. And he would just take it. Okay. He gave you the space to be yeah. who you needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. So your father passed not too yeah. long ago, a very different kind of yes. passing. The whole family yes. was there. Yes. How was that experience different? It but was, that you still grieve, but it's a different yes, thing, it right? Was, I am so grateful that my father got to pass at home in his room with his things, with dignity. It was so profoundly different and peaceful because it, was, it wasn't out of my control. It was yeah. in yes. my home. Yes. And I was the night nurse. Yes. And Teddy and I would change spaces at night. And... Being at the bedside. I thank God every day that I felt God's grace in the house and I thought, this is exactly what Clarence deserves, which is really what I was praying for. Like, oh, Lord, please, when he goes, let it be gentle. You know, he had a stroke. Mm-hmm. I got him to the hospital. And I have to tell you, when, it was a little re-traumatizing for me because I went back to Cedars. Yeah. And I found him, though. I'm the one who found him. He didn't fall, thank God. He was still, he was trying to pull his, so he was like almost mid-stroke mm-hmm. because he didn't come down for breakfast. So I left everything out for him. I got his New York Times that he read every day. I put that out, I put his cereal out, I put the juice, I put everything out for him. And when I came back and I looked down the hallway and I could see the chair in the same space and everything was untouched, my heart just, I knew, I was oh no. I thought I was going to walk in the room and find him in the bed asleep mm-hmm. and gone. Gone. And I went in the room and I'm looking for him, but I hear him, you know, and he was moaning, but not like it was as if he was in pain, but he couldn't speak. I said, Daddy, I'm not leaving your side. I'm calling the paramedics right now. Everything is going to be okay. About half a block away, I said, Sir, excuse me, do you mind? I just want to play some music for my dad. And I put on Frank Sinatra, hand to God, his feet start going, and he oh goes my. right, his rhythm, he was oh on my. rhythm. It's changed in the brain, but his life force is here. Yeah. And and then, you know, he was in the hospital just a few days, and then they said, you can take him home, and you can do everything we're doing here at home. He just probably won't be the same. And I just knew it was his exit. You know, we all yeah. are going to exit. Yes. And the night he passed, it was midnight. It's about 12.15, and I looked at Ted very diligently. And I said, okay, I've just, um, I've just said everything I needed to say. Yes. And Ted was with him. He was with him till he took his last breath. He was playing the music. Ted did his prayers over him and held his hand. And I knew when I woke up. That he was gone. Yeah. And Ted, he opened the door and I looked at him. I said, yes. He said, yes. And I went in and, and I went downstairs and I got his New York Times. Oh. I did. I went downstairs, I got the New York Times, I opened it for him. And I placed it next to him on his bed. And he looked like an angel. 
just like he was sleeping. Wow. And then my friend Laura had, uh, the night before, had brought fresh cut gardenia. And she said, I don't know, something told me that Clarence might like this. And it will remind him of the South. So I put more gardenia on his heart. I put the New York Times with him. And I said, okay. You know. All right. <laughs> you say we can use our gratitude yeah. as, a, as a weapon against sorrow. Yes. It was gratitude. I love that so much. It, it was, it's true. Mm. Let's end on the very last passage that you uh, put in the book. Okay. Will you read it for us? We can't banish evil. We can't hide from misery. We all inevitably endure trauma and pain. So how do we go on and move forward? We have to learn to swim through trauma so that we don't drown. We have to live and live fully for all those who can't. We must always choose the joy, choose to swim, choose to not go down with the ship. Choose the joy, honey. Choose the joy, something we all need to remember yeah. right now. Thank you for showing us what grit and grace and gratitude looks like in the flesh. Oh, thank you. Mm. Thank you for having me. Think you'll be happy? Think I'll be happy. Think you'll be happy. Yes. Beautiful. Thank Think you. you'll be happy is available wherever books are sold. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Super Soul Conversations, the podcast. You can follow Super Soul on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Super Soul Conversation. Thank you for listening. David Oyelowo stars as America's legendary lawman in the new Paramount Plus original series, Lawman Bass Reeves. The new original series from executive producers Taylor Sheridan and David Oyelowo is based on the true story of Bass Reeves. Witness his journey as he becomes one of the first black U.S. deputy marshals west of the Mississippi. Stream all episodes of Lawman Bass Reeves now, exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free.